0: Hey, I'm Lisa Liu. Welcome to episode two of the Stereotherapy Podcast. If you want a podcast that discusses the impact music, artists, and albums have in all of our lives, you're in the right place.
1: And I'm your co-host, Jessica. Thanks for coming back. For this episode, we're going to be talking about the albums that have changed our life. And if you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to our first episode where you're going to learn a little bit more about Lisa and myself. You can check us out on StereotherapyPod.com. So Lisa, what album did you choose as your album that changed your life?
0: So it's really funny. When we were discussing this whole idea of Stereotherapy or really like this topic and albums have changed i have a couple albums that changed my life and originally i had and i think everybody anyone that clicks on this episode is going to say oh she's picking a brand new record or a circus survive record that's what i thought those are my two (laughs) tattoos and i'm like that's what they're going to be and i had it all like i'm like all right it's going to be deja on do that's it i've got this and then i was just like you know what No, but like, what is the album that without this album, this wouldn't have happened, or that wouldn't have happened, or just so much. And I was like, you know what, I know nowadays, this might not be a favorite to, you know, some of the people that think they're too cool for it. But, you know, I got like, I got to go with uh, Fall Out Boy, take this to their to your grave. Um, Fall I had to go with it, because it's like now, when that album came out, it's like, that's 2003 fall Out boy which is so different from this fall Out boy now. And the fall Out boy we Totally like, different band. Like, it, it's crazy when I think about him, like, and the fall Out boy to come. Because, like, Joe Troman's been talking and hinting at, you know, maybe there's something in the works. And there's been dates popping up. So it's like, I don't know what they're doing. But it's like, when that record, like, it... Even going back to it now, being... 36 and like when I first heard that record, it was like I was not a huge pop punk kid at that time. Like I loved my newfound glory, I loved my Sum 41. I loved Green Day, but I was more of like a Thursday glass jaw. I loved my corn, like corn was huge. I love Jonathan Davis. I'm like, I I liked pop punk, but I was just into different music. But it was something about Out Boy. Like I heard from Evening Out and Your Girlfriend and I liked that record. I thought it was okay. And I heard they were a local band. and But like, it, it wasn't, you know, I'm not going to lie and be that Out Boy fan to say, oh, it was amazing. Their first record was just, oh it was, oh, it was so great. And like, it was good. But if anyone that hasn't heard that record, go back and I believe it's got to be on Spotify. Um, but if you hear it, It came out in 2003 but it's like it's very rough it's not take this to your grave it's not you know from under a cork tree sounding but it's it's is what ball boy was and it's like that i was like okay and then I all
1: the fundamentals that you needed right
0: right and then i heard that take this to your grave was coming out and i was like you know what i'll give this band a chance they're local I'll give it a chance, and I remember hearing like that that dial tone, like din, 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 to like tell that Mick, and like to this day I hear a dial tone, and I'm like, tell that Mick.
1: Like I like, think that it. them being a local band was huge too, because you know, as a teenager, that's really freaking cool.
0: <laughs> oh, and I and I'll be honest, I was totally that kind of gatekeeping attitude with them, where it was like no, these are my, this is my band. This is mine. And if you're not from Illinois or from the Chicago suburbs, you don't love them like I do. Like I was that 17 year old bratty kid in the scene that was like, no, I love them more than you. I saw them play here. Like I saw them play in a Hollister in my mall. Like I live, which was insane to think about that they did that. But it's like, it's crazy. And like this record really like, changed so much like without discovering them and then escaping to the city all the time to see them or not even that like like I said they played my mall in Fox Valley Mall and like which was I was crazy. so
1: disappointed I wanted to go to Hollister so bad to see them and I couldn't get a ride oh. and I was like devastated I like hated my mom and everything because she wouldn't drive me so i understand
0: (laughs) it was crazy (laughs) and like i was even gonna go originally because i I had to work i was working at the gap in the mall and um and retail life oh yeah (laughs) and i went to sam goody and my friend chris was working there and we went to high school together and he was working there and he was just like hey like i i forget what cd i was buying but he was like are you headed to that show? And I was like, I don't know. I'll see, you know, I'll, you know, maybe. And, and um, I'm like, I love them though. They're great. Get their record, take this to your grave, like promoting it any way I could. And, um, and we ended up like going together because I was just like, all right, I need someone to go with. And it was the most wild and crazy everything. And I think seeing them live with this record too, was like, that was such a special time because that crowd that energy and it was like i would go to a show and sing these songs that like it to this day like that this record is like forget about top five pop punk records to me it's like in the top three like it, at least for, sure. for me it's like the top three and like i i don't think it ever like, lowered in that for me. I've never been like, oh, when I was more of, like, a seven. No, it's still top three, if not top two. Like, for me, it's like, no. This, it completely changed me where I got heavily into, I learned because of this record and listening to it and getting really into Fall Out Boy, especially at that time, it was like, I learned how to promote through them, you know? I learned how, oh, you can promote a local band and, you know, they might get big. Or you can, you know, get all the
1: street teams,
0: right? Like you can street team and you can do all this and, you know, go to a show and see all the same people and familiar faces and just feel like, wow, you're a part of something. And like, you know, when this record came out, you know, I'm like, I'm a junior, you know, it was May, 2003. So like I skipped my junior and senior prom so I could go see them play. And like, You know, and some people may say, oh, it's because you didn't get asked, you know. No, I wanted to go see Fall Out Boy. And that's exactly why. Like, there was no other reason. Like, I was going to see Fall Out Boy and I was was in love with this record, having it in my, you know, headphones, and my disc man. like, just like, oh, this is it. This is my best kept secret. Nobody knows this band. And like, in reality, yeah, like, there were probably so many other people in my high school that did. I just didn't really like you know, share, talk about it. Cause I was like, Oh, you're not going to love them. either too. <laughs> and, um, cause it happened with dashboard confessional at my high school. Like they were, you know, they played some MTV two thing and everybody loves them. So I was like, this is not happening with Fallout boy. <laughs> I'm keeping this record to myself. Um, and you will never know. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, you know, <clears throat> because of being around that environment, I later took what I did and. In- going to the city and getting flyers from like Fueled by Ramen and, you know, whether it was the warp Tour or just, you know, flyering anywhere, I, you know, took that into my local scene and I was huge into my local scene and and very different bands. It was more of like a hardcore punk scene and that's actually where I saw the Hush Sounds perform in uh, Luke Wilson's basement and he, and it was in Naperville and they were called The Hush. And it's just like that community I was in and I was flyering for all my local bands. And I was doing street teamwork for my local bands. And, you know, looking back, were those local bands going anywhere like Fall Out Boy? No, um, not at all. <laughs> and I think I was a little too generous with that. But it was like it taught me, like, I really want to do this. I want to be around music and I want to do this full time and just submerge myself into that. And like, if I didn't hear, take this to your grave and I didn't put everything into that, uh, there's no way I would have done that. I would never have done any of that and been involved even in my own local scene and, you know, be running around Chicago and and just having this record as like my little keepsake where, I mean, I listen to, you know, calm before the storm and it's like you it's that song is just everything and then you have grenade jumper and then you have you know uh i mean just tell that mix to this day is like my big best opening of a record oh for sure i mean it, it, but it I, is- I
1: do have my um chicago is so two years ago inspiration tattoo so I completely agree when I, you listen to that album it takes you to a different place and they weren't like the typical pop punk that like whines about everything mm-hmm. they were very eloquent with all the lyrics and you can you know chalk that up to Pete once because right, right. the way that they wrote their songs and then Patrick is a, an amazing singer as I, a whole
0: yeah and like that's the thing too that i think drew me to the album was the catchiness of it and patrick's voice i mean to this day like i know patrick did his solo stuff for a little bit and mm-hmm. but like even the latest fall up boy record mania like hearing patrick's voice it's just as like i'm going to church here i know they have a song church on it but it's like i'm like taken to church here and it's like i think whenever i hear him This record it's like I'm taken back to that 17 year old little Lisa with her disc man on Mm -hmm. and walking around and like I love this band more than you like that attitude and you know little did I know um the most of my time would be skipping class so I could network with people and that's where most of my time spent um that was a nice you know 10 grand plus uh networking experiment um (laughs) that's now finally paid off. But I wrote an essay, one of my essays was about fall boy during this time that take this to your grave um, time and just that era of it. And it was weird, because I took two years before I went to college, I was like working. And so by the time I went, like, they were already in their phase where a lot of people hated them, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, and it was just like, I'm reading this and presenting this essay on like the rise of, you know, during take this to your grave era, follow boy. And I'm so proud of it because this record means so much to me. This is why I'm here. This is why I want to do what I want to do. And the stares I got that I was just like the dead silence. And I was just like, okay, all right, just breathe, just get through it. (laughs) Like they just don't understand. And um, I actually ended up giving the essay to Pete because um, we were at some kind of signing or something. And I believe that's when Ashley Simpson was with him. And she, you know, like I guess got booed and had to leave. But he was, a uh, follow boy was there. And I remember giving that essay to Pete and, you know, being like, this record and your band, like, is why I'm trying to do, you know, and in, in be a positive force in the music world and be an honest voice. And, you know, just gushing about my essay. And, you know, he, he was so great, always has been so awesome. You know, all of them were, but I'm like, I wonder what, where that essay is now, or where it was even like 10 minutes after <laughs> I gave it. Um, we'll see but it was
1: it it sounds like that album had a a lot of you know mental clarity for you and you learned a lot about yourself I
0: did yeah I did and that's that's like the thing like I loved you know when I think about like brand new 2001 I listened to their record but it's like and I mean I love that band and, and I love a lot of artists but like this album was like it was my little you know safety blanket so to speak like it was I would put it on and it was I mean I used to tell people you know during this time listening to it and I'd be like always telling you know anyone I dated during that time you'd be like I'm you know I'm gonna love be with you know listening to Fall Out Boy longer than we're together because I just how I felt like connected where it was like you know (laughs) you're not you're with me and you're great But you don't mean as much as this record means to like, if I was not 17 and hearing that record, I would not, I would not be who I am. I mean, 100%. And you know, it's like, I used to think like, not like ashamed of it, but I used to be like, Oh, do I say this record, you know, because like some people the way they are. But I was like, you know what, I don't care. Because this record is such a big part of my life. And I think it's a part of a lot of people. I mean, absolutely. you know, like it, it just is. I mean, it still is. And I mean, I can't wait for that tour. So if somehow somebody has any information on that, let me know <laughs> so I can dust off my shoes and get ready to
1: get your vans ready. Crowd the stage,
0: yeah, crowd the stage for uh, Saturday and show all these young kids how it's done.
1: <laughs> just take some aspirin before you do it oh
0: yeah no, your back yeah. isn't
1: gonna blow out
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're a little older now
0: <laughs> yeah no um, I mean it just is so I mean you know to kind of wrap it up about this album for me just if you have not heard it if you even if you haven't listened to it in a while and you know you used to put it on again and you'll see what you know we're saying okay. And that it is and it's a timeless record and again if you're a newer fan of them or you're new to this kind of genre check it out come back and tell us what you think about it because I cannot tell you this record is like the everything in my life (laughs) it's still to this day so I mean I think that says a lot so definitely give it a check out What album would you say has changed your life?
1: Well, anybody that knows me already knows that I'm a huge Andrew McMahon fan. Yes. But <laughs> the main album that, like, really, I would say completely has changed my life is Everything in Transit by Jack's Mannequin. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. That's my, yes. That's my favorite.
1: Yeah, it's so good, and I don't even know if I can explain how this album's changed my life, but I'm going to try, and I'll try not to cry at the same (laughs) time, but with everything in transit, um, this particular album, if you've never listened to it before, um, this is the... I guess solo album for Andrew McMahon after he left his high school band Something Corporate. Uh, So a lot of people were big fans of Something Corporate. They were pretty popular in the pop punk world they were on drive through records they had some hits if you see Jordan and you know things like that so when he left that band he went on to create everything in transit and once that album actually released Andrew learned that he was diagnosed with leukemia So at that time, I remember, you know, seeing online people saying like, pray for Andrew McMahon and on message boards, if you can remember message boards, (laughs) those, it feels like a million years ago now. But um, I remember people posting about that. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, that's so sad. And I never really put two and two together that it was actually the same guy in the same band. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So uh, it took me a while to realize that Andrew was in something corporate because I had you know burned if you see Jordan and some of their other songs on mixed CDs kind of like what we were talking about before and when um, everything in transit came out I had a friend burn that CD for me so I never actually like bought it <laughs> myself. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh a lot of people now will know um andrew from andrew mcmahon in the wilderness who is currently you know touring and he has songs on the radio and now he's in remission for many years so he did have a great outcome to his story and he's still making music which is fantastic and i still follow him through that um But, you know, with this particular album, when it came out, it was very special to me. Um, So I fell in love with the song Dark Blue. And for me, when I burned the CD, I put it on my little, gosh, what was it? It wasn't an iPod then or maybe it was a little tiny iPod oh the little
0: nano right yes yeah I was like "Nano,
1: that's what it was (laughs) (laughs) so I would actually travel from northwest Indiana where my family lives and take it to the city and I would work in the city and I went to school in the city so, I would listen to that song, and there was just one night when I just literally listened to Dark Blue the entire way. So, it was like a 45 minute train yes. ride, and I listened to it so many times, and I was like, man, this song is so good. And I kind of, you know related to that lyric in dark blue where he says like have you ever been alone in a crowded room it's like oh my gosh like i feel that so much of course it's dramatic now but at the time i was like oh my gosh this guy's speaking to me (laughs) and when you listen to those songs it felt like somebody finally like understands what you're going through and you're not alone so that's why i really related especially to that song but to the rest of the album the whole album to me is like the perfect summer like road trip you throw this on the windows are down you listen to everything in transit and it's just so good
0: (laughs) no that's totally true about that record like what you were saying about dark blue. I mean, that song was one of my favorites, and like I was coming into it a little different with mm-hmm. that. And I loved something corporate, huge something corporate fan, yeah. And I remember that. And it's like, I think this record did come out in the summer, I want to say it did. And I remember thinking that same thing, especially like the you know, I'm ready, and like mm-hmm. that is this was. I mean, one of the perfect summer records. It still is, you know? It 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 really is.
1: Like, anytime, like, the seasons change, I definitely throw this album on. And even, like, for I'm Ready, I got literally the words I'm Ready (laughs) tattooed (laughs) on my foot um, in Andrew's handwriting. Um, Awesome. For me, that song was special because when you listen to the lyrics of it, it basically encapsulates you know being ready for something big like you're you're trying something new like you you want to challenge yourself and I just loved the whole message of that song and at the time I was you know switching jobs and and for me it, it was so special to have that lyric and of course now I have many more Andrew McMahon lyrics on me <laughs> tattooed. But that was the beginning of the all the chaos. <laughs> so um, for that particular album, another song that really like resonates with me and my friends. Um, I've made a lot of friends just listening to Andrew McMahon. And the one song, La La Lie, is so special for everybody it's basically an anthem for friendship so every time I hear it I always flash to all the people that I've met and places I've been and memories that have been made and it's just such a great memory for me and you we always hashtag everything with like palm trees times three and it's just such a great fan experience too because the people that are there listening to that song all can relate and truly truly love that song now as far as Andrew goes Mm -hmm. I can pretty much like gush about him (laughs) all day (laughs) he's such a great guy and he he loves his fans and he's very humble and really does care about all of his fans and I don't know very many other artists that would come out after every single show and take pictures and say hi to people and I've never caught him where he wasn't in a the mood to just say hi to people so I've always been really you know impressed with the type of person that he is because so easily a lot of these people in bands could be like no i don't have time for this shit you <laughs> yeah
0: but, you see him more and more like yeah lately
1: but he will still come out after every single show and i've been seeing him since i was like what 17 18 really? and then yeah. i just saw him this year multiple times he still comes out every single show and you know people will pay for the meet and greets but he still comes out afterwards so I'm always so impressed with bands that really care that much about their fans Mm
0: -hmm. no he's definitely I can say I have you know I've met him a couple times but the, the first times I did there was a Beat Kitchen show for Andrew McMahon. Uh, it was our. I
1: remember you going to that because I was so jealous. Yeah, it was Jack Mannequin
0: and he, and you had to show up there or, you know, they gave you the location and it was at Beat Kitchen, which is insane to think about. But it was Tiny. there. And he came out, same thing. And that was years ago, came out. All I had was like a duct tape in my purse and I wanted him to <laughs> sign it. And he signed it and I framed it. I have it a frame of it. <laughs> and he was so kind. And then years later, I saw him and it was like what you were talking about. And I think we went to that show in Northerly Island. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, I think it was like 303 gym class heroes. Yes. Or no, it was that. it was something corporate. That's what it was.
1: Yeah, it was a bamboo bamboozle left,
0: I think. Yeah, that's what it was. And he, like you said, I was shocked again it's so cold it's late right mm-hmm. and he came out and every single person that was there got a picture mm-hmm. or an autograph or a chat whatever it was that you needed or felt like you know I mean whatever and he was so humble and so kind and I remember thinking like you know again I listened to mm-hmm. something corporate forever and I liked Jack's mannequin a lot yeah. it was just like to know someone that great is behind that was like
1: Absolutely. I
0: mean, I'll listen to anything he puts out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
1: you're actually the reason why I met him the first time. Yes. Um, because I think it was the tour that he came back when he was in remission from cancer, and it was I. It might have been the first Jack's mannequin tour. He was playing. I want to say January, and, um, you had a meet and greet yeah I and you I couldn't make that. it in time so you yeah. said hey take my meet and greet and I was yeah. like okay
0: <laughs> and I was so nervous I remember that because I I forget how I even got this meet yeah. and greet. I don't even know but I remember I I had class at Columbia or something was going on mm-hmm. and I couldn't get there and I was like oh, okay and I remember thinking like but wait a second what if they check ID on her what if they do this what if she doesn't say my name right you know because my last like Polish yeah last name. but like you know and I remember you know what it's worth a shot for her why not like you're it's not like it's a guy saying you know like you know I, I you know it, it, it was a different time you know then you know yeah they
1: didn't even check anything so yeah so Perhaps. I remember that.
0: I remember that. I remember all I
1: said pictures. was, I'm on the, the meet and greet list. And they're like, okay,
0: <laughs> And it I was I remember just being so nervous. Because I was like, if this doesn't work out for her, I'm gonna be like, you know, so mad. And I remember seeing your picture with him and just being like
1: that was my first Facebook profile picture ever. Is a uh, picture with Andrew McMahon. <laughs> weren't
0: you wearing like a plaid a yes. plaid coat? <laughs> yep (laughs) yeah I I, it sticks out to me because I remember that I was like oh my gosh she's probably so happy right now because like
1: yeah so it's probably your fault that I've spent all this money on seeing Andrew
0: (laughs) I I, you know what and I for sure a lot of other people about like other artists too would say the same thing because I always am like that like hey do this do that or I'm that Mm -hmm. person like go travel three hours for that you know I exactly mean, go put the money in, like, go put the tickets on your credit card just go have the experience like
1: <laughs> exactly now true, uh, because of this like this one album mm-hmm. i always think of this in like perspective i've literally traveled the entire country to see him so because of this album that was introduced to me I've gone like from California to Florida. I've seen him on a boat. (laughs) And I've met the most amazing friends that anybody could ever ask for just standing in line for these shows. So this particular album, I always attribute to not necessarily just the music that I loved, but the people that it's introduced me to. So I met my husband because of Andrew McMahon. Mm -hmm. I raised money for cancer, for his fundraising, um, for the Dear Jack Foundation. And just being a part of what we call is the AM fam is the reason for all these amazing things in my life. And that all started because of this one album so this album is the catalyst and the trigger to so many amazing things that have happened in my life and i met my husband at um one of the dear jack foundation um cancer fundraisers so it's insanity that he sent me a message because he saw that i was in pictures with other fans and he just Decided to reach out <laughs> and on our wedding day we actually had um, our sweetheart table it had the letters MFEO so it said like made for each other which is one of the songs off that mm-hmm. album and we still have those letters and we put them on our wall as like a decoration in our house and um, it's just been amazing because I've been able to be a part of so many things um, I was able to be in the last Jack's mannequin um, DVD concert. There should be an interview where you can see that they asked me about Dark Blue. Oh,
0: I have to go watch that now. <laughs> I didn't even know that.
1: I've got to go. I <laughs> I am in that, and so are some of my friends. Um, with Am Chalk, they're in there as well. And just recently, my husband and I, we were able to go to New York and visit one of our am fans for their wedding and we all danced to dark blue and (laughs) just danced our asses off so it's kind of funny to see that all come full circle but honestly without this album I don't even know if I would have the life that I have Mm -hmm. so I always have so much appreciation for this and all the amazing people that I've met because of that
0: feel the exact same way about the Fall Out Boy record is without that like the friendships the people just everything is tied it's crazy to think what could be tied to a record like I remember you know just having like you know kind of watching your journey because obviously I didn't go to that many Jack's Mannequin shows Mm -hmm. but Always loved Andrew McMahon and I would follow, like I said, like I would follow him anywhere because, like, you know, after something corporate, I was a huge fan. I was like, whatever he touches, how kind he is, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll follow whatever. And I genuinely like love anything he's touched, you know, whether it's was Jack's mannequin or he does do a something corporate show or, you know, and it's like, you know, and now his stuff, you know, with Andrew McMahon and, you know, the wilderness. And it's like, that's, mm-hmm. everything is you know, like, it it's so good. And it's just so wild to see like, how whether it's an artist or an album, so much can change. Whether you just go to a show or you listen to it, or, you know, you meet somebody else that feels that same way. And how, maybe if you didn't listen to that record, like, who knows, and like watching your journey with like, how you listened, and then went to shows, and then, like, you know, how you met your husband, and, like, just,
1: and still travel the country to see this man, (laughs) It's,
0: it's crazy, and sometimes when I see your travels, and I'm just, like, oh my god, like, I wish, like, that was me, I wish I could do that, still because I miss that and I'm like kind of living through you where I'm like oh okay, she's here okay she's here oh she's doing this so like this is so awesome and like you know in even when you got your like I'm ready tattoo I remember seeing that on your mm-hmm. foot and I was like that was the song when I went to art school yeah that I would listen to all the time it just it hypes you up it does and it's like I think again like if people haven't heard that record or, like Go and listen to that one. And then listen to anything, you know, Andrew McMahon related. But I mean, definitely that it's a classic. It is. And I remember when it came out, and I want to say, like, he had dark hair. Yeah. More. And it was the first time because I knew him like something corporate that swoopy blonde <laughs> look. That mm-hmm. was my Andrew McMahon. Like I did not know. And I was like, what is this? Like. They're like, Yeah, like this record's coming out. And that's when that beep kitchen thing that Q one oh one was doing. And and I was like, I remember just being in the car with Jesse, like, we have to go now. Like we have to look at Ne Jack's mannequin at this, like, whatever. Like, I don't need, I only know dark blue, like I don't know anything else, but let's just go. And like it it is. It's just been such like you know, I'll tell anyone too. I'm like, um, I think it was recently there was a tour with what was it armor for sleep Andrew McMahon in the wilderness and there was someone else oh dashboard right oh yes mm-hmm. and someone I know was going and I was like they're like oh I really love Andrew McMahon and I'm like well I know somebody that loves him <laughs> a little more than you do <laughs> I, but,
1: I like to be that person that's like oh right. well you're a fan but I'm really a fan well,
0: that, I've had that same mindset like I said like when it came to follow boy or like so many other mm-hmm. I, I'm that person and I know that people okay like are gonna I, I don't want to say hate but like uh, like get annoyed but it is like there is being a fan and then there's being a fan yes. <laughs> like there's a huge difference and it's like I I do it it really has and I know I've said it but it you like seeing you from when you first started and then like all these things you've done. And like, you know, like you said, like your donations, you do, and like you, you are just so passionate about. Yeah. I mean the team that we're on right now,
1: um, we've raised so much money. Um, I think our goal is 15,000 this year. So we, last year we raised $17,000 and you know, this is to help people that are going through a cancer diagnosis and their families. So we as a whole have like gained a lot of compassion and, and really are have an interest in trying to help those people. And a lot of that has to do with Andrew and what he's gone through because without him, maybe people wouldn't be raising that type of money for especially our age group which Mm -hmm. is a little bit younger and not necessarily children but still needs help so it's it's so amazing all the things that have come from this and I mean honestly that album without it I don't think this would be my life (laughs)
0: no that that's just I, I mean you put it so perfectly like without this like and it's wild to think that like mm-hmm. what if it was a different record you know how would your life be you know I think that yeah. too like it's like what if it was something else what if you know I liked an artist that was like in Nebraska like you know what <laughs> would I have traveled to Nebraska would yeah. I have been, like I, I don't know And it's 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 such a beautiful thing and it's just I hope that and I think that's one of the things with this podcast are just um, you know, the conversation in general is, like, sharing that, and I know that there's someone out there, whether they're listening to this, or, you know, um, somehow stumbled upon this, or, like, you know, I might not about those two albums, but I feel about this album, and there's someone out there that's, like, feeling the same, and it's, like, I, I would just love to always know, like, everybody's album, like, what is the album, and see, like, because I know, like, if I ask someone tomorrow, they'll be like, you know, who knows what they say, but that it's what made them them. And that's yeah. so cool.
1: So I think that's like a great kind of segue into um what we want to gain from people that are listening. Like definitely share the albums or the artist or the song that really completely changed your life. Like send us a message, send us a message on um, I guess our, our we can go on the website StereotherapyPod.com or through Instagram but not just us and our fans but I think it'd be interesting to get that point of view from artists too so I think we're pretty excited about some of the interviews that we have lined up so I'm hoping that people will be interested in hearing that too
0: well guys we're thankful for you listening learning about the albums that have changed our lives please like share and subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts also please as Jess said don't forget to share your stories with us we want to know how music has impacted you our awesome awesome listeners we have some special guests lined up as Jess has said and i'm really really excited to see how this goes how this develops in the little community we can create with each other
1: Yeah, thank you to everybody listening. And we want to have you join us for the next episode. We are going to discuss... Music and mental health. So, the whole point of this particular podcast, Stereotherapy, is digging into that. And we want to dig into that further. Um, you can find new episodes released every Tuesday. And if you want that additional content, see our pictures and all the things from um, the podcast, you can go to stereotherapypod.com and visit that blog section.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Tune in Thanks, next, guys. Bye.